Welcome to the One Broken Cog Podcast. Join John and Brian as they share small adjustments that lead to major impacts. It is podcast time. Brian Olson here, and my guest today is a profit and business strategist on a mission to help small business owners to increase their profits and drive their growth using strategic planning. And she is none other than Marcia Reiner. Now, Marcia is a serial entrepreneur because her style of thinking outside of the box just can't be contained. Now, she left the financial planning world and evolved into a consultant after seeing her planning clients struggle with the same gap she was working on in her own business. Now, she used the information that she was getting coached on to grow her business and began sharing what she had learned with her clients. Their businesses grew and so did their profit. Now, she believes that the only way to manage the chaos of being a business owner is to have a plan. It's not just any plan but the actual strategies to achieve their plan's goals. Now, her thriving profit method creates the exact steps to achieving the business they want. Now, Marcia is the CEO of Trajectory Consulting and resides in SoCal, Southern California, that is. And for fun, she plays ice hockey and rides her Harley when she's not babysitting her adorable grandson, Liam. Marcia, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. What a great intro, right? Man, I'll tell you, it just rolls right (laughs) off the tongue, right? (laughs) Well, I got to tell you, Marcia, you know, you don't see a lot of Harley riders in Southern California. When did you take up that hobby? You know, that's a funny thing. My daughter was dating this guy and he rode a bike. And next thing I know, she's going to get a bike and I'm out there green as can be going, I want to do that. And, uh, you know, it's a lot. I was going to say, okay, don't take this wrong. It's a lot between your legs. It's 800 pounds of, <laughs> of heavy motorcycle. So it's a little intimidating, but yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. There's, there's actually a lot of riders here in Southern California. I mean, you see them on, on the weekends. There's uh, once you get off the main freeways, there's a whole lot of, you know, two lane highways to roll around on. Oh, there you go. I love it. Yeah, I, I know a lot of people that go to Sturgis, South Dakota for that big biker rally every year. And it's a real yeah. event, I'll tell you. It is. Um, the ones that I hear go, they trailer their bike over there because that's that's several days ride to get there. And yeah, that would be that would be a little crazy. And then it's all shined up, ready to go, and you park it and look at it. So you don't do much riding. The, the riding is to there and from there. There you go. It's an experience that I probably will never experience myself, but hey, you never know, right? Never say never. In you this never know, right? There you go. In a, in, a, in, a, in a buggy and go off with them. Hey, uh, yeah, there you go. Now, I'll tell you, Marcy, what's even more rare than finding a motorcycle or Harley rider in Southern California is one with a financial planning background. I wonder right. how many of those are out there. Probably not too many. The guys I ride <laughs> with are pretty, um, pretty, pretty uh, grungy, I guess I want to call them. They're, you know, they're, <laughs> They're, they're blue collar. They're, they're, uh, you know, they're workers, you know, they, they little, maybe a little heavy on the way growing that white beard, that kind of stuff. Well, maybe it's a great place to meet potential clients probably, right? <laughs> probably not. <laughs> and probably not my next husband either. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, it makes you really appreciate your significant other all, all the much more when you're hanging out with these guys. Right. Right. <laughs> so you started in financial planning. How was that experience? How did you get into financial planning? Well, you know, it's funny. Um, I've always been drawn to money, whether it was my first job at a bank out of high school. Then there was, um, I was dealing blackjack in Reno. Um, I got into my mom's mortgage business and then I was playing some investing games and thought, you know what? It's time. I legalized this. 
And then I got into investing in, in financial planning. And planning's different. Planning says we we put strategies together where, you know, if you go to your regular investment advisor, they're just selling you products. So yeah, I started doing that. And, you know, uh, I, I started actually financial work and, and investment work in early 07. And then um, the crash hit. So all my clients took the roller coaster down. Mm. And then I started building up some more information and the way I wanted to do my business. And it was all led towards that planning. Then I kind of transitioned from the everyday Joe and you know, sitting around the table talking about your $5,000 IRA into working with business owners. And the funny thing about it was, you know, as I was trying to build my business and I was trying to look around and get guidance and direction on how a real business runs, I was finding that my clients, when I'd learned something and share it with them, they didn't realize it either. So there Mm. were gaps that they had in their business that they wanted to make a whole lot of money, but they, you know, once you, I jokingly say you, you open up their kimono and you see what's inside of their business. (laughs) It's, it's a mess. You know, they don't have a lot of the foundational pieces. They're just, they're just chasing clients and um, reacting to their business rather than having a plan that led it. So, gosh, I want to say about five years ago, I really transformed my practice into more consulting the business owners with the stuff that I had learned instead of, you know, the investments and getting them through retirement and getting them protected and, and all that other kind of stuff. It was just more interesting to go into the business of planning rather than the the, the money of planning. Yeah, no, absolutely. See, that's what we're going to title the podcast, Underneath the Kimono. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> right? It, it, it's often not pretty, but, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, really, it's really the true piece, you know? It's like people front all the time, you know? Here in yeah. California, people have these facades they wear. And business, businesses have this facade they wear that they're all like, oh, we're so good. We've got all this, all these clients. We're making all this money. But when you really look inside, they, they don't have two nickels to rub together. No, it's true. It's all in front of the camera. Behind the scenes, they're really broke. It's, uh, are you originally from California? I was born in San Francisco, believe it or not. So yeah, I've, I've gone. I, I chased my ex-husband around the country um, to a couple different states, but ended up back here in 2011. <laughs> you chased him down, huh? Well, no, like he, his job, his job transferred him to Seattle. So we moved up to Seattle. Then his, then he changed companies and we moved out to North Carolina. Then, uh, yeah. So it's just, it's just, I chased him around and then, then I dropped him. Then you chased him out of the door, huh? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. He kept running. You stopped chasing. He figured, okay, it's over. Yeah, it is. It is. It's smart, man. (laughs) Okay. There you go. Huh? Well, I'll tell you. You know, there is all people, I mean, it's, it's, I love your, we'll get to your podcast in a minute because I love it. You're always calling out somewhat bad actors and really calling out businesses that are really getting it wrong. And, you know, I would love to know at the point, you know, you're in the midst of your career as a financial planner, you're learning a lot, you're learning as you go. And you realize you can parlay some of this information to your own practice, your own business. What caused you to kind of question your future in corporate America or in that current position and think about going out on your own? (laughs) <laughs> well, um, the funny thing about it is I don't follow others' instructions very well. Um, I think so far outside of the box in my in my creative nature. See, I'm that I'm that weird person. I'm like straddling the 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 one side of the brain that's very analytical and says you gotta follow these rules and instructions and play it all out and strategies. 
But then on the other side of the brain, it's super creative. So I've always been kind of getting in trouble because I say, no, I I have a better way of doing it. If we did it like this, this, and that, they're like, no. (laughs) So corporate and, and being an employee never, ever, ever worked for me. Um, I was always trying to, to be too creative in it. So when I finally got, like, I went back and forth, like I had my own, my own gig and then, then I go work for somebody and then I have my own gig and then I go work for somebody. And then finally it was like, I'm done. I, I'm the, the business owner. I'm the entrepreneur because I just, my visions, you know, and my planning and the things that I want to do just, just don't fit with other companies. I'm glad you recognize that. So they basically try to stifle your creativity. You had all these great ideas. Yeah. And they kind of held you back. A lot of times you find that certain management, you find this a lot in middle management is they feel threatened by people's existence like yourself, where you bring innovative ideas because they think it's going to make them look bad. Right. Which is very interesting because we all have skin in the game in the business and we all you know, have a common goal of elevating the business. And it's just amazing. People see it that way, but actually it was a good thing because you, you did go out on your own. And when was, when was that the light bulb? When did it go off? When was the initial time where you said, this is the time for me to actually put this into play and go out on my own? Do you remember that, that it, moment? Yeah, there were actually several times. So there were, there were times back in um, you know, the late 90s that, that I went out on my own. And then for some reason, you get scared or things didn't work out the way you did, you wanted it to. Or like I said, I moved. You know, my my ex-husband was a little stifling on me. He was the corporate type and I wasn't. So he didn't understand my my energy and my direction. Um, so it was always go get a real job. So yeah, so it, it hit me several times. But finally, back in 2016, I was done. I was working for the, the company I was working for had brought in a new manager to kind of clean house and, and get this branch going. And um, he was young. He was a, he was a he was a, a a tough cookie and they had all these scripts we had to say. And, and I had someone sitting in my meetings, monitoring me and it, they monitored everybody. It wasn't just me, but it was just like, it was so stressful that every Sunday afternoon, I'd start to get anxiety that I had to go to work on Monday morning. Mm. And, and my hours were seven to seven. I mean, I only worked half day. But um, but working those long hours and in that stressful environment, I just I couldn't do it anymore. I hated myself. I hated the job. I I wasn't successful because I had all this pressure on me. You know, some people work really well behind a a you know a, a, a burning fire or a hot poker. Some some people are work well under pressure, and then there's other people that work really well with the dangling carrot in front of them. I never, none of that really did it for me. I hated one and the other one really didn't motivate me. So it was, that's why, you know, it just, I think you have to, I think you have to understand your employees um, mindset and what that motivating factor is for them to be able to engage them and, and, and enhance their performance. So they're doing really well for you. My managers never seem to figure out what really made me tick. It's amazing, right? I mean, it's a, as a manager, leadership is all about relationships and understanding the why behind the numbers that they're looking at. And if they can't right. do that, they shouldn't be there to begin with. So yeah, you're, and you're not alone. I mean, so many people experience the same thing that you did. 
And it's a good thing that you did experience it because now you know how not to do it moving forward. And of course, you are your own boss, which is even better. When you first went on your own, what were some of the early challenges you faced when you first launched your business? Well, um, like most people, I hit the ground running. I thought, okay, all I needed to do was have this service I provided because most of my clients are service-based people and I'm service-based. So I figured, okay, all I have to do is have this solution or, or problem I'm solving and get clients. So I went out charging and running and going and getting them and, and wondering why I was working so many hours and putting so much time and energy and effort into my business that, you know, I wasn't, you know, when I look at it, I was probably making close to minimum wage for all the hours that I was putting in. But I think that was the problem. I hit the ground running. I really didn't look at my business like the the corporations do. I really didn't have that foundation and say, okay, I need to have people because there's literally eight jobs that need to be done. And I'm wearing all these hats and I'm, I'm not effectively working each job because I'm wearing all these hats and doing all these things. And I think if I had just slowed down and created a plan and said, okay, this is what I'm good at. This is what I'm not good at and don't like. And then bring those people in, you know, um, even if it's part time. It, it just would have made my life so much easier where now I've got a couple of virtual assistants that are doing the jobs that I shouldn't be doing. And then I've got an accountant and, you know, I'm acting as the CEO and I'm acting as the salesperson and delivery person, but I'm not acting as, you know, all eight positions. I'm not doing fulfillment. I'm not doing customer service. I'm not doing accounting. You know, I'm not doing, um, uh, you know, the, it, it's just, there's so many different jobs and, and I'm, I'm realizing I'm not doing those and therefore my performance and my job works better. If that makes sense. No, absolutely. That's amazing. I love it. Now, when you first started the business, what was the main problem you were trying to solve for your clients? Well, that was the first challenge is the problem I thought I was solving. I wasn't solving. I mean, I was solving it, but that wasn't their biggest problem. So it took me a while to say, okay, Let's go help them fix their business. Well, they didn't realize their business needed fixing. And therefore, I kept hitting this wall of having to sell that I was trying to fix their business to somebody who, again, didn't realize their business needed fixing. So part part of my later revision was to figure out, well, what part of the or what was the real problem that the client was facing? And then if I look at the levels of under awareness or understanding of where the buyer was, if I stop trying to educate at the bottom and only go for the top, you know, two tiers, those that are, you know, solution aware and product aware and me aware, then I wasn't having to educate. So now I found people that were recognized that they had a problem. And that problem is the problem that I could solve. So they're already out there looking. So I, if, if it makes sense, I, I stopped trying to force feed everybody that I was the solution and only went after those people that had already raised their hand in one way, shape or form saying, you know, I got a problem and I'm looking for it. You know, absolutely. It's always best to go after that low hanging fruit, right? Those are the easiest wins now. Well, um, and, 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 and they're already looking for me. Right. And so it's not that it's not it's not trying to 
you know, drag them kicking and screaming in. So it made, and there's plenty of them out there. I mean, the numbers are, are pretty big when you, when you really do that. So I found my solution for the people that were already ready to see me. And so it made things a lot easier, a lot easier. So that was, that was one of the things that I did early or after I had started was really to figure out what my business was and who my ideal client was and what phase of business you know, needs they were in. No, that's, I, I love that. Now, I know, Marcia, you're known for thinking outside the box. You're very creative. And I love that. Maybe you can give me just a, one quick example of a strategy that you had that was unconventional, but it was effective. Mm, okay. So, you know, if, if, we're, if we're talking in the advanced stages or we're talking in the beginning stages, I'll start with something in the beginning stages. One of those, it's, it's, it's almost silly because people don't think about it, but it is planning that one strategy that people often forget. And I, and I, I often say that business planning is an underutilized and often forgotten tool, business tool that is so valuable that if they just figured out where they wanted to go for say, even this year or this next six months or this quarter, and they were able to say, okay, I want to get to I want to get to San Francisco from, from Los Angeles. How do I get there? You know, what's the map and what's the thing? So you start to reverse engineer your, your strategy to get there. So if that plan is for you to make go from 100,000 to 200,000, how do you reverse engineer what you need to do each day to reach that 200,000? And, and that's the magic. It's just, it's, it's really putting, you know, opening up the kimono, really pulling that that um, view out, and then making the strategies and the steps and the plans and everything that you need to do to reach that goal. Then start taking action. So that's the that's it in in the beginning phase. And I know it seems like duh, but people don't do that. People <laughs> don't do that. Business owners forget the basics of being in business. And therefore they're going out chasing the sexy stuff. And so some of the sexy strategies are how do you make multiple income streams in your business? That's a sexy strategy, but you can't get there until you understand all the foundational stuff that you need to, to get there. Right. I mean, so it's kind of like my clients, when I first got in business, I was selling the sex not sexy strategies. Wow. I know, right? <laughs> um, it was, it was, yeah, how do we get these multiple streams of income going for you? How do I make sure that you're paying as little taxes as possible? How do I make sure that that you can scale your business and enjoy your life? And and we start to put these things in there. But then like I said, I'd go in there and say, okay, you ready to get started? And we'd look in there and they had so many gaps and problems in their foundation that we couldn't even jump onto the cool stuff. Yeah. So the biggest takeaway, Marcia, is from what I heard, high level, open the kimono, pull it out, <laughs> take action. That's what I heard. So <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is. You know, you have to you have to slow down. Um, one of my one of my um uh my coaches or advisors told me one time, he said, and yet in order to scale up, you have to first scale down. And if you can imagine what a bamboo tree does, you know, there are those wooden wooden trees with the pretty leaves that come off of it. 
it takes the first couple years of putting the roots in the ground first before it can start scaling up. And then when it does, it goes up like crazy. And we forget as business owners that you've got to have that foundation. You can't, you really can't raise a skyscraper with toothpicks on the foundation. You need to have that solid piece. And, and that's the planning. What are my financials? Do I know my and understand my numbers? What's the organi- organizational structure or platform that I'm building this business off of? What's the product I'm delivering and what does the buyer want to buy from me? And then how do we deliver marketing? Because if you're not marketing, your business will die. And then how do we stack all those plans on top to make a, a solid growth plan? And, and you really need that stuff or, or you, can't, you can't grow. You're just like, you're just reacting through business. Yeah, no, exactly. And, you know, a lot of business owners are definitely reactive. They're not proactive at all. And I was going to ask you what your clients are struggling with the most and what are entrepreneurs getting it wrong in your eyes. And obviously it is the planning. You definitely answer that. And I can definitely see that. Now, I would love for you to tell me, Marcy, just a little bit about your thriving profit method. Thanks. Yeah, it's really developing that foundation. And then once those foundational pieces are in place and you've got a solid foundation to go on, then we start looking at, okay, what are we doing to build your profit? Because you're in business to make money and money's not a bad thing. Money's a great thing because you can do wonderful things with money. But if you're, if you're in your business and it's still a job and you're trading time for money, then you're never really going to scale and do all the things you do. So we put that foundation together. We start scaling your business in a way that you are now becoming the leader of the company and not the chief dishwasher and garbage emptier and accountant and marketing person and salesperson and delivery person and customer service person. You're bringing people on to do that at a fraction of the cost of what your hourly time is. So we begin developing that team to be able to make that business go. And I think the scary part for younger businesses to get going is that they're afraid that they can't afford to pay somebody. And um, we work and we make sure that the business is profitable enough where they're paying people, paying themselves and making a great business. And it's all around making really good decisions too. I love it. It's wonderful. Now, I know you have a podcast. I would love yeah. for you to tell me about the initial concept and how, how you got started doing this. Yeah. So um, I was following another one of my guides and she said back in 18, the future is podcasting. And it's funny, my current guide says that the future you have to be, you, in order to be the expert, you have to be the interviewer and, and be out there. So I'm all around planning, as you probably noticed. And so I came up with Profit with a Plan and I started it and it was horrible in the beginning. Oh my gosh. It was just really on the rough edges in the beginning. And then after about 20 or 30 episodes, I started getting people that wanted to be guests guests on. And uh, for me, it's been just an amazing platform. I actually released episode 100 in March. And so super excited for that. But I found that I learn every time somebody comes on, they just share such great information. And the information, my only requirement on this show is that you're giving value to the listeners on ways that they can improve the profits in their business. So marketing, sales, 
uh, HR, finances, growth strategies. I mean, all sorts of really cool ideas come in and it's been wonderful. But, you know, it, it's, it's, we have to keep learning. We have to keep finding information, just like you with the One Broken Cog. You're providing your listeners great information that they probably wouldn't have got if it wasn't for you. So now you become that showcase of, of bringing good value to your listeners. No, that's been great. I'll tell you. Now, I want to know the worst guess you ever had. And I want you to name names. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. with you. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I had... I've had a couple. Of, I've had a couple of people that you're like, you're pulling information out of them, and they have an idea <laughs> that you know they tell you, and and you're like, okay, give me another idea, or they don't want to share. They don't want see. A lot of people hold on to their information and only want to give it out when somebody pays them for it. That's true. I'm the opposite. I think if you. The, the probability that someone is going to be able to take your information in the form that you just gave it to them and run with it is slim, maybe only one or 2%. So 98, say 95, let's be generous. 95% of the people are going to love the idea, but can't execute on it. So they're going to come back to you to help you have, have, have you help them execute. So why hold on to it? Give it up because it shows them that you have the knowledge base and you have valuable information and then you're there to help them execute on it. I think that's, that's the hard part, but yeah, these people are just like, ah, you're like, okay, <laughs> give, give me, tell me again, or, or what, what else? Cause I, they're only, you know, just coming over the, the, the top, you know, they're just giving you like the, the what, and not even close to the how, just the what, oh, you got to do this. Okay, how do you do that? Oh, you got to buy my course first. <laughs> <laughs> right, That's horrible. of course. No, definitely. I'll tell you. Marcy, it's been awesome. Any last words of wisdom or anything you'd like to share with the audience before we wrap up? Um, no, uh, I've got, um, well, I've got a giveaway if, you're, if your audience is interested in it. Um, it's just some tips that I've put together to help businesses survive and thrive. So if it's all right, I'd love to share where they can pick that up. Yeah, no, absolutely. Definitely. We'll include it in the show notes cool. for sure. Cool. So it's if you go to failproofbiz.com, you can get my six action strategies that can help any business at any time just kind of tighten it up a little bit and make a big impact. So thanks. But no, I, I love what I do. Um, I, I'm sorry if it's not obvious. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just I just love helping businesses. I think um, I think we are the um, we're the, we're the, we're the part of the economy that drives it. You know, there's so many entrepreneurs out there. There's so many small businesses, you know, there's only a few mega corporations compared to the thousands and thousands of people trying to do their own gig. And, um, I think, I think that's, that's my role. We're here to serve them and get them going so they can make the economy better. Absolutely. Amen to that. And Marcia, one last question, just, you know, personal question, just to get to know you just a little sure. bit better. So. You're going to be retired to an island all by yourself. Okay. You can only bring one book, one movie, and one album. What would they be? Wow. You didn't prepare me for that one. Um, so one book, I'd have to say it'd be a journal. Oh, know? there you go. Write it yourself. Because huh? I got to get my own <laughs> thoughts out because there's so many books. I can't just pick one. 
And um, one movie. Easy Rider. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, right. No, gosh, I couldn't even imagine. Could it be? Um, it would have to be like a trilogy. Like, you know, I'm a, I'm a sci-fi kind of gal, like maybe the Star Wars kind of things or, or uh, you know, even for some reason, all the Avenger movies have been on lately. <laughs> I've been watching those <laughs> things on repeat, but yeah. There you go. So, um, yeah. And then just anything that has music wise, that has kind of a, a rhythmic beat to it. Don't, don't need the vocals, just kind of the trance dance kind of stuff that just like, you know, you can just have it on repeat and it doesn't sound like repeat at all. There you go. Marcia, wonderful. Wow, that was a tough question. It is the hardest one you'll have to answer. Trust me. For me, it changes <laughs> daily. So right? how do people learn more, Marcy? How do they connect with you? How do they get in touch with you? Well, great. So you can go pick up my fail-proof biz and that'll get your six steps and then that gets you started with me. Or you can go check me out at trajectorybiz.com. And then I'm on social. So uh, Marcia Reiner, you can catch me anywhere there. But yeah, I think I think the, the fail-proof biz is a good start. And um, you can always, like I said, find me on trajectorybiz.com. Awesome, Marcia. It's been a pleasure. Have a wonderful day. Let's stay connected and keep up the good work. All right. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for spending time with us today. We encourage you to join the many businesses that we have helped to achieve their objectives, align their departments, and increase their revenue. You can start by reaching out to us at results at onebrokencog.com. Together, we will make small adjustments that will lead to major impacts to your business, your culture, and your bottom line.